When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the official launch of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust 1892 Pledge. We are live over on Chronicle Live on Facebook, Twitter and on YouTube. And to those who couldn't uh, join us live, we're also later on the Everything is Black and White podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. Just before we begin, we would just like to pay our respects to... uh, the Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, pass our condolences on to the royal family upon the news of his death. Lovely image there of His Royal Highness meeting Newcastle's FA Cup winning side from 1955. Um, yeah, our thoughts and prayers go over to the royal family on this sad news. Back to this evening's events over the next hour or so you'll be hearing from all the key players in the 1892 pledge and hopefully you'll get some answers to any questions you still have about the scheme joining us is alex hurst members of the foundation of hearts the guardians who are entrusted with looking after your money um, that is raised members of the nust and mark douglas from chronicle live In a moment, I'm just going to play the superb video that helped launch this scheme. But I'll just run through the kind of order of tonight so you know who is appearing and what, more importantly, what time if you want to get any specific questions to them. After the video, I'll be joined by Alex Hurst and he'll answer some kind of basic and key questions about the pledge. And then at the end, he will answer your questions. I've got plenty submitted. There'll be plenty in the comments. So that's your chance to get your questions over to Alex. We'll then hear from members of the Foundation of Hearts group who come this summer, hope to own a majority stake in their club. Next up will be the Guardians, Warren Barton, George Colkin, and Ian Humble. Sadly, Ian Mearns, MP for Gated, can't join us. He passes on his apologies, but due to the death of Prince Philip, all uh, parliamentary and MPs have to uh, stop interviews for the next few days as a mark of respect. Um, and then we'll be joined by Mark Douglas from Chronicle Live to explain why the scheme is getting our backing. And then, as noted, we will return to Alex. Now, I've already had some questions emailed in, some really good ones. But um, if you want to submit yours, do so in the comments and we'll try and get back. Uh, we'll try and answer the best of them. I'll play the video now and then we'll get on to getting through the questions and getting you guys some answers. The club without the fans is nothing. Our voice is unique. Well, we're all going down to the team, see all the black and white, all the smiling faces. Our voice matters. It's about the pride we have in our city, the pride we have in our area, and the pride we have in our team. Newcastle United belongs to the supporters. Our voice must be heard. The biggest asset Newcastle have is the fans. We have always been united. It's a feeling of belonging. Every major milestone in my life, births, deaths, marriages, has been black and white running through it. A lot of people in the city live in Newcastle, and we all know why. Wherever we might be. I'm just near here to Nairobi, Kenya. Live. Bulgaria. Whitley Bay. Wisconsin. Gator. India. Japan. Florida. Niagara Falls. 
Newcastle. 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 One thing is always true. We come together in adversity. We want thousands of us to join together to pay a small amount each month into a fund. So we can buy part of the club when the chance arises, or buy the whole club if it drops down the division. Kevin Keegan, Bobby Robson, they understood what being a fan was about. They bought into it big style. If we are not successful, we will donate the money raised to charities in the North East. Whatever Newcastle is to you. Jog through the hair market. Scope past the back page. A news agents with a chronicle sign. One last bottle of Newcastle Brown. Having a sauce with the Roland Greg. Cathedral on the hill. It gives us shivers down my spine. It's like the Sir Bobby quote, seeing the hallowed turf for the first time. It's where I need to be. We've convinced managers to stay. Icons to return. And we've always looked out for each other. We must stand together. It's who we are, we're that sort of people. We are many in number. But we are always united. One City. Newcastle United can be better than what it's become. If you lose that connection with what makes the club the club, you lose so much. We want to make sure supporters build the club's future as we have built its past. We desperately care about our club and we want a stake in its future. Join the 1892 Pledge Scheme. There you go, superb video. I know when Alex first showed us here at the Chronicle, he said, I hope you guys like it. And I think within literally 30 seconds, we were like, yes, it's a brilliant way to launch the campaign. I'm now going to welcome Alex into the studio. There he is. Um, you've probably seen him about over the last couple of days. I know he's done plenty of press, but he's eager to get down into the questions. We were just saying before, Alex, um, it would be nice if he'd launched this next week and we both could have had a haircut. Yeah, that would have been lovely if regulations suited the launch of the pledge scheme, but we're plowed on nonetheless. Here he is, anything, uh, just keen to get it launched. Um, as I mentioned at the start, you're going to answer some basic and key questions about the pledge, and then at the end, you will answer some more specific questions put in by those watching live and those I've had emailed in. I suppose I just want to kick things off. What was the initial spark for this idea, and how long in the making has it been? Yeah, I think I think we started thinking about this back in 2017 uh, when Rafa Benitez was was still here. Um, it was it was an idea that we we had seen with the incredible success the foundation Hearts had had in Scotland. Uh, ordinary supporters banding together to raise large sums of money with small monthly payments over the years. Um, you know, the trust has always always held out hope of a constructive relationship with Newcastle United and a you know. That's always been the aim. Um, you know, people watching this and trust members will be able to tell you what they think and whether we achieved that goal. We we certainly felt that in terms of meaningful dialogue with the club about the way it's run. Um, you know, we felt that there needed to be another way. And in, in, in the same with supporter dissatisfaction with the football club. I remember uh, walking in late to that West Ham game back in 2018, walking in 11 minutes late for what was at the time, I think, 11 years of Mike Ashley at the club doesn't time fly because it's now 14 years. Um, and, and, you know, I was convinced that that, that day that I was going to walk in late with 50,000 people and it just didn't happen. And we kind of thought, you know, the boycott idea, the walking late, walking early, all that kind of stuff. We just thought it's it's not working for whatever reason. Um, Mike Ashley's still here. So we wanted, we thought, you know, let's let's try and launch something positive. We saw that what the Foundation of Hearts had done, and it was just such a positive campaign. So we spent the next 
three years working on the idea, honing the idea, doing our research, driving up to Edinburgh to speak to those guys, speaking to other um, successful examples of fan ownership across the country. We spent the time also building the trust membership because we had to relaunch the supporters trust in 2019 to do this amongst other things. So a, a lot of hard work's gone into it. We made sure we spoke to people in the local media. We made sure we spoke to, to notable fans to make sure they thought it was a good idea. We did focus groups with hundreds of fans to get their feedback on the idea and if it was worth doing. So we have you know gone out of our way to try and make sure that this is something that we thought was of relevance to the fan base and and overall we just want to try and do something ambitious because if there's any set of supporters in the country that could pull off something like this it's the supporters of Newcastle United. Can you just explain to those watching and listening how the pledge works and why it's different to other projects that have gone on before? Yes certainly the pledge scheme is a, a fairly simple idea that we want the supporters of Newcastle United to pay in to the supporters trust small monthly payments so that we can build a fund to one day own part of the club. If the club remains in the Premier League, it would be a small part of the club, but a part of the club nonetheless. If the club is to be relegated, which we'll probably know a, a lot more about in the short term after this weekend, after Fulham play tonight and we play on Sunday. Um, but if the club is relegated and is stuck in the Championship or worse, goes down again, and, and other, I know it's hard to think about Newcastle United's um, in the third tier of English football with players like Callum Wilson, Alan St. Maximan and others. But, you know, Sunderland fans back in 2016 never thought within two years they'd be playing in the third tier and are still there. Uh, we we want to be ready for something like that. Often it is football supporters who have to band together in times of crisis to save their football clubs. Wigan Athletic or a recent one. The last football match I was at actually pre-pandemic was the, the glamour tie between Wigan and Luton at the DW the day we played Southampton at St. Mary's. And, um, you know, even then the idea that they were going to administration, fall into League One and and fans be asked to put up to £1,000 to save the club would have been alien to a lot of people. So, you know, the 1892 pledge scheme is an idea that we, the supporters of Newcastle United, are the only thing that is valuable about this club. We don't think the club has any value beyond the support. Its training ground doesn't add any value to it. Its faltering academy doesn't add value. Its first team is faltering. Its coaching staff aren't great. The stadium is fantastic, but you can't make any money out of that and it needs a lot of work done to it. When Mike Ashley sells the potential of Newcastle United, he is selling us, the fan base. The 1892 pledge scheme seeks to say to us, the fans and the fan base, let's represent ourselves possibly. We want the club to be sold. I think all Newcastle United fans watching this want the club to be sold. Why when that club is sold? Why not when that club is sold? Can we not sit down with new owners or people who are potentially going to buy the club and say, give us a very small part of the club in exchange for some sort of influence with inside the club? And we're not talking about calling the shots or you know, supporter ownership doesn't mean supporter run. We think that there needs to be fans in the decision-making process inside St. James's Park. If you look at the last 14 years at Newcastle United and most of the horrific decisions that we would say as supporters have been made, where were fans? Where was the consultation? Where were fans when they decided to rename St. James's Park? Where was the fan opinion when they decided to treat Kevin Keegan, Alan Shearer, Jonas Gutierrez, even Rafa Benitez like they did? And I could go on like that. There needs to be some sort of fan partnership with the people that run Newcastle United because we all want the same thing. We all want a successful football club integrated into its local community, transparent, and whose sole purpose is sporting success on the pitch. And I don't think 
And a lot of fans, I don't think, think we'll have that right now. So we think the club will be sold one day. And yes, we want to have a minimum of 1%, but this is an ambitious project that we're planning to run for years. Let's see what we can do. We want fans to put in a small amount of money every month, if possible, by setting up a monthly direct debit on the 1892 Pledge website, which is 1892pledge.co.uk, and let's see what we can do. I asked you there about how long this has been in the making, and Bill Burnett here on our YouTube channel asks why this didn't happen when the NUST was first set up, I assume it means when it was relaunched. And I think, for me, the fact that it has taken so long to get this stage is actually a real positive because it shows how much effort and research you guys have put into this, and it's not just an overnight thing. It's not just a reactionary thing to this season or even the last 12 months. It's been a long time coming, which means it's been done properly. Yeah, um, and you know the first thing we had to do when we launched the trust was attract some members because we didn't have any. So you know it's important that we, we we made the trust relevant again. It's important that we attracted some people to its goal and its vision of a transparent, democratic relationship with Newcastle United. Um, we're lucky enough to attract fifteen thousand members at the time of speaking, which makes us the biggest supporters trust in the country. And and that that's no mean feat, by the way. And I don't mean that in terms of myself or anyone else on the board, even though there's some great people. Um, the fact that 15,000 Newcastle fans have mobilised themselves in such a way um, to be bigger than anyone else in that respect, when we have so little in terms of dialogue with the football club on meaningful issues compared to other clubs. And there are clubs in the Premier League and the Championship who have a fantastic relationship with their supporters, trusts and organisations. I don't think Newcastle United are one of them. Um, you know that makes me quite proud that we, proud that we do have a support and a fan base that are willing to do stuff, willing to willing to take a, a chance on something like the supporters trust to see what we can do as a united front and a united group of people. But it was very much a long term process, like you say. We have to make sure that the trust was successful. We had to make sure that it had a place amongst the support. It had a reputation. Uh, very hard to launch something like this from a standing start. And we also, had, like I said, had to do our research had to do our focus groups, had to make sure that, you know, what we were trying to do was realistic, which we think it is realistic. We know it's ambitious. We know it's a long shot, but we think it's realistic. Um, so it really was all about that timing. And, and we were looking to launch maybe this time last year, but um, the pandemic hit the start of it with a lot of uncertainty and also the news about the uh, PCP takeover. Um, emerged. So we decided to hold off, but we think we've waited long enough. We think the football club is in grange danger of being relegated when the resources that it has means it should be nowhere near that position if it was correctly run and correctly managed. Sadly, it's not. Um, so we thought it was the right time now to, to kick it off. Can you give us any financial targets and what and any kind of time scales as well? Yeah, I think I think in the Premier League, which obviously the, the valuation of the club, which Mike Ashley's only ever had one person or one group of people meet of, of a report of £305 million that to assume 1%, uh, you'd need at least £3 million. But that that's a minimum target for us. Newcastle United fans every single year, if you ignore the money they spend on TV deals, put in about £30 million to Newcastle United. It's a lot of money for, for supporters to put into a faltering football club. Um, we think that raising £3 million, and that's a minimum, by the way. We don't just want to get to 1% and stop. My ambition of a fan... 
a fan run Newcastle United and, and that's the ambition of others. It, 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 it's not achievable while the club is in the Premier League, but it is most certainly achievable if the club falls out of the Premier League and potentially down a couple of divisions. No, but no one wants that. I don't want the club to be relegated or, or League One. But, we, you know, the supporters just were realistic about the mismanagement of the club. Can anyone seriously, well, you know, we would we would argue, could anyone seriously say if Newcastle United were relegated? Rumours they would keep the current manager in place. Um, you know, the miracle of promotion twice automatically happened with two brilliant managers and Chris Hooten and Rafa Benitez who were treated disgracefully by the club, in my opinion, after what they did. Um, you know, that, that doesn't seem likely this time. So if the club is stuck in the championship and Mike Ashley has made clear he does not want to put money into this football club, well, we'll see what happens to football clubs who are owners who don't want to put money in when they're sustaining huge losses when they're relegated. Things don't go well. So we want to be ready for that. This isn't a... This isn't about 1%, particularly. This isn't all the supporters trust want to buy 1% of Newcastle United. We do, but that is a minimum target. That is a minimum target about this. And in terms of timescale, I think we have to be looking at years. You know, I kind of think, where would we be if we started this 10 years ago? How much money would we have in the pot? Could we be at the table with potential consortiums trying to buy Newcastle United? We're obviously, you know, nowhere near that that at the minute because we only launched yesterday. But we want to see what's possible and if it takes us a few years to get there, you know, we want Mike Ashley to sell the club as quickly as possible. But he could be here another two, three, four, five, ten years. We hope he's not. We, you know, the supporters trust membership is clearly behind Amanda Staveley and her consortium to buy the club. We all desperately want that to happen. But if it doesn't happen, as it hasn't happened yet, we want to be prepared. We're telling the supporters in Newcastle United, get behind this, let's get prepared and let's start trying to represent ourselves. It's been a fantastic start. Over 33,000 pledged so far. Some big names as well backing it um, within the media, with celebrities. I mean, you must feel happy with the initial response so far. Yeah, delighted. Um, We thought it would get a strong response. We didn't expect to see figures like Alan Shearer um, backing us as publicly as he has, which is a a massive help. Of course, we'll have Warren Barton, ex-Premier League, uh, next Newcastle Premier League star and in, in England international as one of our guardians looking after the money. So he was, you know, he's a massive help. Um, with Steve Howie on board supporting publicly. Um, people in the in the world of the media support publicly. Lots of notable fans. So it's gone great so far. This is just the start, though. We're, we're not even two days into it. Uh, the amount of money that's been that's been brought in thirty three thousand pounds and counting. That's great. We'll, ha- we'll have pledges as we call them coming in all the time, every minute almost. It's fantastic to see people make a one-off payments and if possible, even better monthly pledges because the more monthly pledges that we know we have, we can start to make predictions on how long it'll take to raise certain amounts of money. Um, but it's been really, really positive so far. Brilliant stuff. Well, we'll get Alex on later because I know there's still plenty to ask him and we've had lots of questions submitted. There's some uh, questions which I know a lot of people are after answers to. So we'll Getting back on towards the end of the show. Thank you um, for the meantime, Alex. Um, we're now going to be joined by two people from the Foundation of Hearts Group who come the summer hope to own a majority stake in Hearts. I'll just add them now to the studio. We have Gary and we have Alistair. Hello, chaps. Thank you very much Andrew. for joining us tonight. How are you doing? How are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, I'm doing fine. You. Hi, Alistair. How are you doing? Very well, Gary. You? Good. Yeah. Good. Now, everyone we've got on tonight, I'm really intrigued to talk to you guys because you guys have got a, a kind of an experience in in such a project like the 1892 pledge. First off, can you just explain from your point of view what the initial aim and target was 
for the Foundation of Hearts when you launched and then why the pledge scheme is a good idea? Um, well, we used to have an owner. Uh, his name was Vladimir Romanov. He was a Lithuanian. Um, we played some great football, had some great football results, but it was pretty obvious off the pitch um, that things weren't going well. So th there was originally five uh, founding members uh, set up the Foundation of Hearts. There was a lot of work setting up. Uh, Alistair was a big part of that as well. Uh, you know, getting the, the marketing right, the website, the uh, the payment system, uh, and try to get the message right. And what the Foundation of Hearts uh, was originally set up to do was to negotiate a price for the club from Vladimir Romanov, and then we would take it to the fans, ask the fans if they were up for, for, for buying the football club. Um, never again did we want to be a rich person's plaything. Then, unfortunately, Vladimir Romanov's business empire collapsed. Uh, the football club was on the, the brink of extinction. I mean, we were a whisker away from, from not being here. And when the fans looked around, we were there. The Foundation of Hearts was set up. We were ready to go. The fans knew, knew about us. And to be honest, if the Foundation of Hearts hadn't been there, hadn't set up, um, just as, in the same way as the new Cash United Supporters Trust have set up this, this model, um, if we hadn't set up, there wasn't anywhere for the fans to turn. There, there would be no heart of Melodian Football Club. On the pledges, we've always got a, a mantra. We ask fans to pledge what they can afford. Um, and we hope over time that they, they don't miss the money coming out their bank account. But we want uh, them to remember every time it comes out. We want them to feel something every single day that, that their, their money comes out of their account. So the monthly pledge for us works. They can pledge whatever they can afford. We've got a minimum of £10. And the fans know that every single pound pledged uh, drives us further away from those dark days. Uh, and we get loads of messages from fans saying that it's, a, it's the best direct debit that comes out of their bank account every month. So it's working. And, uh, and now our fans and members speak about a pledge for life because they're not missing the money coming out of the bank account. So it's the best way to do it. The situation, as you've alluded to there, was very different to what it is at Newcastle. But I'm just wondering, can you say any similarities and, and, and what advice have you given the NUST about their pledge? Um, well, I suppose the big similarity was that both clubs are, are facing major challenges. We were, I mean, we were beyond a challenge. Ultimately, we were in administration, so it was it was a huge challenge. But the similarities are. are um, a passionate fan base, passionate fans, obviously, um, fans, and I, I think with a sense of community, a sense of history, a sense of place, which was was very much the case in in, in the Hearts story, and, and is obviously the, the case in Newcastle. Um, and the other other big similarity was that there was a group of fans who wanted to step up and address the situation, and obviously um you know we've had a lot of uh, meetings and discussions with alec and norman and the team and they've done a fantastic job so congratulations to them for for um getting to this stage today but as far as advice is concerned i mean what we did was share our story and if, if there were things that they could pick up 
uh, and help to 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 shape what they were wanting to to do and, and are wanting to do then that was great and we're just passionate obviously about our club and if if others can can uh, uh, glean some some uh, advice and information then then that's great i suppose what we did was talk to them about trying to bring the different fans groups together because in any club there's lots of different fans groups and we had to work very hard at that we had to have a really clear goal just about what we wanted to achieve and um, what the, the aim was and uh, as Gary was saying first of all it was just save the club after that it was get to the majority shareholding which we will do um, in a couple of months and then um, after that it's pledge for life and, and look to the future so again as Gary said we, we we talked to them about only asking people to put in what they could afford especially you know, in times like this when uh, it's tough times that was that was an important message that we continue to put out um we talked about getting respected people on on board um club legends you've got alan shearer and others talking about the trust which is great we did uh, similar things not only club legends but people in different um professions maybe that would help and again that the trust has done that with, with your group and, and the people around the group um I suppose we had to anticipate different scenarios about what happens if it all fails, if something else happens. And again, the trust has done that. We said to people, put your money in, and if if um, if this fails, you get your money back. The trust obviously said it will go to charities in the northeast. So a similar kind of positive message. Um, we've tried to keep coming up with initiatives, you know, mini campaigns, fan rewards, tribute shirts that the team wore in one season. So. Working as closely as we could with the club, we, had a, we have a good relation with the club, and that's that's been good for us. But the main thing, again, touching what Gary was saying there, establish yourselves, um, get to a position where your your uh, your message is known, and your strategy is known, and, and the big the big picture is known, so that if the crunch comes, you're there, and the fans will go right. The trusts who we go to. And the fact that you guys, as you mentioned, they are coming up to hopefully getting that majority stake in the club. I mean, that's going to be a, a special moment for you two and, and the foundation. And I suppose that's the message of hope for Newcastle United fans. You know, your group is an example of what can be achieved when it all clicks into place. Well, you've done the hard part. You, you, you've begun. This was something that we've always uh, said to the guys on the trust. You know, you, you've... You've got to take the first step. Uh, don't look at the mountain and, and don't try and uh, think about the, the finish line. It's going to be a long journey. But you've taken the first step. And if the Newcastle United fans get behind uh, this initiative, uh, you'll be absolutely amazed at who will come to your table. Um, even potential new owners, they'll, they'll see our fans, uh, fans that are united, uh, they'll tap into that. They'll harness that passion. Uh, you know, Newcastle United football fans are every bit as passionate as uh, Heart of Melodian football fans. Our club, with our fan base, uh, season tickets round about 15,000. We've raised nearly £12 million in five or six years. So we know this works. Just imagine what a fan base the size of Newcastle United could achieve. And and if the worst case scenario happens, you know, um, you're going to be there. You're going to be there for every eventuality. Uh, 
you have the opportunity right now to change the future of your football club. So it's something that everybody should get involved with. The Newcastle fans should feel proud. Uh, as we all know, owners will come and go, but the fans are and always will be the one true constant. I'm just wondering, obviously, people, you know, you've had hundreds or thousands of people pledge money. Have you found it difficult to channel all the different views into into one voice, so to speak? Um, <laughs> absolutely impossible, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, the, day, the day that all fans talk with one voice will be the day that Hibs beat Hearts at Amden. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're always going to have... Um, you're going to have detractors. You're going to have naysayers. We faced that early on. It was it was a battle to get established and and get the message over. But you've got to keep banging the drum and telling the story and showing that if if you can get to a certain position, there's there's real potential for what you want to achieve. And you know what a start you've had over the last couple of days, and with the fan base you've got, you know there's there's no doubt you can you can get there. So it's it was about for us it was. Um, <laughs> not bringing one voice, but just keeping the vision, the passion alive, staying positive, focused. I mean, it all sounds a bit woolly, that, but it's true. You've got to keep it simple, tell the story and, and bring as many people as you can along. We don't get everybody, um, but we've got a, a huge number of the, the community, the Hearts community. And as Gary says, nearly 12 million over the last few years, which in our world is, is massive. Just before I ask you for, for kind of a lasting message of hope, you mentioned there the 12 million. Were you surprised at how much has been raised and, you know, the journey you've gone on and, and to being within months of, you know, being successful? Well, we're a few months away from, from the, the handover. Um, I think we all feel immense pride, every single Hearts fan, not just Foundation of Hearts members. Uh, it's been a long journey but we really have created history. Um, and honestly, this this feeling of pride for every single Hearts fan, every Foundation of Hearts member, of what, what we've actually achieved here, this feeling of pride will go on through everybody's life. And the way that I look at it, uh, leading up to handover, I mean, it'll be an absolutely incredible moment for myself personally. It's the same for Alistair uh, and a lot of the, the, the guys that have helped out in the Foundation of Hearts board. But I think the, the key message for, for our fans um, and the way that we were so close to, to not being here is that this generation of Hearts fans can look back and say, look, I saved my football club. Future generations of Hearts fans can now come in and watch Hearts play football at Tynecastle. And so we're looking forward to the handover and we refer to our members as legends because that's that's what they are. And, um, and and honestly, right now, your fans, this generation, Newcastle United fans, have a a real chance to shape the future of their football club. Uh, and I really hope they they grasp it and uh, and they will become legends as well, and they'll be able to, you know, feel that pride for the rest of their lives. It's a huge opportunity for you, huge. Fantastic. Anything to add, Alistair? I'm sure the guys watching, listen, have been um, 
very enthused by what they've heard. Lots of nice comments coming in there. But if you've got anything to add before we move on, please, uh, please do so now. Well, just to, <coughs> Scott, sorry, excuse me. Just to congratulate everyone that's involved. It's it's brilliant, and it is. You know, it's a moment in time. Gary's talking about that. It's a moment in time that this generation we had we had that opportunity at Hearts, and you know, you either you either grasp it and really work hard at it, or you know, potentially your football club goes down the Swanee, which was definitely going to happen in our case. Um, what happens at Newcastle is up to you guys, and uh, but it is—it's a brilliant opportunity. The fans are amazing. Obviously, fans at Newcastle are incredible. Already stepped up, um, and to be able to to go down that road and say, you know, we've saved our club and we're shaping this club's future is just a, a brilliant thing to do. It's all about the fans. It's not about me and Gary who happen to be sitting in a a boardroom or whatever you know we're all volunteers we're doing it and we're part of the, the fan base and it's just a fantastic community to be in, to be involved in and delighted to have, have, have played a wee part in, in what's going on in newcastle and just wish you all the best from here yeah wish you wish you good luck you've got thirty-three thousand. is incredible uh yeah it's a starting point so these are fantastic people my brother lives in uh the northeast he has done for a lot of years, so I know a lot of people doing it. And I've been spreading the word ever since you launched. So uh, just to reiterate what Alistair says, really good luck, honestly. Uh, all, all the best. I hope it really, really works out for you. And we're always here, end of the phone, yep. or anything at all. Fantastic. Yep. Well, we appreciate you guys joining. It's been really interesting to get the insight from the Foundation of Hearts members. Uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy Pleasure. your weekend. Cheers. Thank you. So there you heard uh, the inspirational uh, story of hearts. And I was, I'm just listening to that and thinking, wow, I know a lot of the comments are. We're going to now speak to the Guardians. I will just add them into the chat. Uh, there you have it. Warren Barton, George Colkin, Lee Humble. As mentioned earlier in the show, unfortunately, Ian Mearns, MP for Gateshead, can't join us because MPs um, aren't allowed to take part in media due to the death of Prince Philip being a mark of respect. Um Gents, how are we all doing this Friday evening? Very good. I feel very well, um, thank you. Very good. I feel uplifted. I feel I feel emotional listening to those hearts, guys. I really do. And um yet again you get that sense of possibility possibility and about what you know what we can do if we put our minds to it. They've done something extraordinary. Um, you know, let's us give it a go. That's a, what a what a moving and sort of inspirational story theirs is. Definitely. I think it helps when you can talk to someone or a group who's actually done what we're trying to achieve here. And I, you can see it can work and you can see, like you say, George, the passion within them. And that can only help but in, inspire people to, to pledge to the 1892 pledge. I think having that sense that someone's gone before you, that, you know, having that, having that feeling of if they can do it, well, we can do it. And they've, you know, they've raised a phenomenal amount of money. And um, obviously, their club has been in a in a in a more parlous situation than Newcastle are. But I do think it's I, I do think that example is really really important because I think a lot of us feel, well, how can we make a difference? How can we do something? You know, when the Premier League is is swimming with money, how can you know what ordinary people do actually have an effect? And we've seen it. You know, you, you actually see it writ large uh, at at Hearts. You know, their their club has been in real trouble. Um, you know, again, thankfully, our club's not in that tr in, in that position yet, but it could be. You know, that's the thing. It could be. But they've shown that they can make a difference. 
And, you know, you have to, yeah, again, if they can do it, then then why can't we do it? No more saying. We'll go around. We'll start with Warren. I just want you guys to kind of tell our viewers and listeners why you've put your name to the to this project. Well, first and foremost, I think it was uh, a decision that you either sit back and do nothing, um, which has been happening for many, many years and many, many months now, or you step up and have pride and passion about what you feel passionate about. Um, and for me, it was a very easy decision, you know, speaking over a number of weeks and months with uh, with the people involved, uh, particularly with Alex uh, at the beginning. You know, I had seven, nearly eight wonderful years in the North East. And I'm not just talking about the football club. I'm talking about the city. I'm talking about the area. I'm talking about the region. And I know and I feel the pain that they're going through and uh, the disappointment that they've had to endure for, as I said, a number of years. And for the opportunity for me to be involved and be asked was immense pride. Um, and listening to what I've just heard with hearts is a lot of determination now. I think people that can remember way, way back when I used to have a, a sense of parting, I, I never backed down. You know, I always, I always went, went forward and, and tried my best. And um, for me to be involved in this was, was a, again, a no-brainer. And to have someone like Alan Shearer to, to come out immediately, I think that speaks volumes about him, about the calls, um, and about what we're trying to do. And uh, it's, it's a special, special club. It's a special group of fans. Uh, and it's a special area. Um, and for me to be involved with the people that are involved, I'm, I'm very proud of that. I'm determined. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be around some great managers, you know, the likes of Sir Bobby Robson, Kevin Keegan, and they ingrained it into us about what it is to to wear that black and white shirt. And the players as well, the likes of Peter Beersley, Lee Clark, Steve Watson, Steve Howie, ingrained that into us. And for me now, later on in my years, is to to give that back to the the players that are there and the fans and the area about what it is to play for that club and to to be involved. So I'm just so proud of what we've achieved so far. We've We've had chats on WhatsApp. There's a long, long way to go. But it's it's easy just to sit back and do nothing. Uh, the hardest thing is to step forward. And you've just seen the numbers and the people that have stepped forward. Um, it's just a great, great football club and a great area to be involved with. And, you know, this is just the start. This is just the start of it. So we must continue and we must keep going. And um, as I said, I'm very, very proud to be involved. For you, Lee, I mean, it might be best as well if you just kind of introduce yourself to, to those watching and listening, if possible, as well. Yeah, um, so lifelong Newcastle fan. Um, I've been a season ticket holder for the best part of 15 years, but like a lot of the fan base, I've become extremely uh, disenchanted with the direction of travel. Um, really surprised with you know the continued lack of communication, the, just the short-sighted nature of, of what the club do on a consistent basis. I think on top of that, obviously, the, the fact that I work in mergers and acquisitions, you know, from a professional perspective, uh, this is something that I'm well-versed in. Um, I recognise the risks and the emotion that goes into processes like this. Um, so I'd like to think that I'm, you know, quite well set to, you know, act as a true fan and, and you know, recognise the objective in hand and and make sure we, we do what we're, we're here to do. Um, so I'm, I'm, as Warren said, Delighted to be a part of this. And for you, George, why have you put your name to it? Um, because I believe in us. 
because I believe in people, because I think the last year has shown beyond any shadow of a doubt that it's fans that make football, that fan, you know, that 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 the game withers without fans. And I mean, I knew that anyway, and I think we all knew that anyway, but to see it so stark, stark in front of us. And it's about time that that was recognised. It's about time that was recognised in football in general. It's certainly about time that was recognised uh, at Newcastle. And I, I want to I want to be part of something again. I want to go to some, I want to feel. I want to feel again. And, you know, I've criticised the this ownership for so long that, you know, I, I, I want to be joined something positive. You know, a club is a collection of people. A club is not Mike Ashley. You know, a club is not whoever's name is on the, you know, the forms at company's house. It is a collection of people. It's us. And so I just think it's time we give it a go. We try and do something. We try and do something positive. And like the other two fellas say, I'm so proud to have been asked. Um, it makes me feel very emotional. Um, and, um, you know, I want, to, I, want, I want us to show what we can be. And if it's down to us to do it, then let's just give it a go. Let's give it a go. It's far better to try and do something than it is to do nothing. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited, really excited. I don't know who wants to take the next question, but can someone just explain what your role as a guardian actually entails in terms of this project? I'll let you answer that, Ian. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one, Andrew. I think, in short, it's, it's extremely simple. The capital has been raised for one purpose, and we make sure that the, that the capital is used for that purpose. If we fail with the objective, the capital then reverts to charitable sources. No more than that. Simple as that. Um, Warren, it's it's an ambitious project. It's Everyone's very passionate when they talk about it. But to some, it might seem realistic, uh, unrealistic, sorry. What do you say to those who are still a bit sceptical about it and are feeling it's just it's just a dream? I understand that. I understand. But we must do, like George said, you know, we've got to have something to feel positive about. And George had a great story about going to St. James' Park as a fan and walking on them steps and having that excitement, having that pride. We don't get that now. We don't get that. I mean, George said about the food bank, and that's the, the only, in this COVID situation, that's what we're hanging on to, is going to the stadium, giving them some food, having a feel-good factor, having a positivity going to St. James's Park. And we haven't had that for a number of years. And I understand people being sceptical. I understand people being a bit concerned. We've seen what hearts have done. You know, £12 million, however you want to wrap that up, that's a hell of a lot of money to be raised by a group of fans. And, you know, with Newcastle United fans globally um, and still passionate about their team, you know, we know if it was turned round pretty quickly, the fans would be there in their thousands. And that's what we want. We want to bring back that positivity. We want to bring that excitement. And we have to start somewhere. And whether it's the, the, the trust and the guardians being involved to to have this money at the end of the day if it doesn't work out and uh, someone comes in on a white horse and saves us and we go to the promised land this money in this situation is going to go to charities in the northeast it's not just going to be drifted away it's not going to be wasteful uh, it's going to be given to some charities so there's a feel-good factor uh, for you as an individual doing this as a fan or even if you just love 
the area and love the people and love being around in the northeast because the the, the football club, the fans. Are all one. That is, you know, that's part of it. We've, you don't have a football club without these fans, and it's a special place. We've, we've we've said this before, and the region, the people, these people have never backed down. So they they don't want their team to back down, and they don't want their football club to back down. So for for that sceptical, um, you know, to have that in your back of your mind, the positivity of what could happen is much large greater than the, the negativity that goes with it. I, and that's why I've been involved in it because I think what we can achieve is something special and it's a special, special place to do that. And it's not going to happen overnight. We're not naive enough to say it's just going to happen. It's a long road, but we're going to be prepared for it because we can't let this football club just drift along as it is at the moment and have no feelings because the heart and soul of the football club is a city. And that's that's always been the way and will always be the way. George, if it's successful and you know the pledge ends up taking a stake in, in a new ownership, how excited would you be for the future of the football club? Well, I'd be very excited. I mean, I think the thing to say, though, is that you would hope that any new owner would understand that the first thing, you know, the first thing to recognise about Newcastle United is that fans are, are the club's greatest asset. And I know that that's a cliche, but it's also true. And it's the biggest part of the club that has been ignored over the last you know 13 14 years and I just think it's time that we reverse the feeling about this club but football in general that you know fans are the last people to know anything they're the last people to know what's happening with their own club they're the last people to be consulted on VAR they don't get consulted on any of the big decisions in football and that's wrong and um you know to be at the table to, to, to be part of the process, not deciding who the manager is or who, you know, who, uh, you know the, the, the money that's going to be spent on a striker and stuff like that. There are experts, there are football experts who take those decisions. And I don't think any of us think that fans should be part of that decision necessarily. But it's about communication. It's about having a line, uh, you know, that, that, that we can talk, that we can explain how we feel, that we can be part of the club that is us, you know, without us, without people, the club doesn't exist. It really doesn't. And so, as I say, I would hope that any new owner would see that, um, that, that, that fans are Newcastle's greatest assets and they have to be harnessed. But, you know, the idea of, the idea of making that something substantive uh, and blazing a trail in that sense is incredibly exciting to me. Why not do it? You know, why not? It's, it should be a no-brainer for football to involve the people who make football tick, and they're not. And Lee, I was saying right at the start to Alex, the fact that this has been a long-term project and is, you know, it's going to go into the future as well, but the fact it's taken three years to get to this point, I think serves as a sign for positivity that it's been done properly. You know, it's not just been done overnight. This has taken up a lot of the Trust's time, a lot of Alex's time, and it should be, that very fact is a massive positive in the aims and ambitions of the actual pledge itself. Definitely. I mean, that was one of the big draws for myself when I started talking to Alex a couple of years ago. Um, the guys have done a lot of planning. They've spoke to a lot of people. Um, that they're trying to do things the right way. It's something where, you know, we're going to have some people who are up for it, some that aren't. Um, but the one thing that the team have been consistent with is communication. It's, it's the point that I made earlier. I think everybody's made it. Uh, so far on, on this session the fans just want to know where we are what we're doing where we're going 
Um, and that's one thing that you will get from us. Um, I think, you know, we're going to keep people posted as to where we are, what we're doing, where we're headed. It's not going to be quick. Um, but for me, I think this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity because at some point, the ownership will change and we need to be ready. And, and, and you can't try and mobilise at the point of that transaction. We've got to be putting in the hard work now. So when that does happen, and let's hope it's not too far away, but we're there at the table and we're ready to go. Others, other, others have said this, Andrew, but imagine if we'd started this 10 years ago. Imagine, yeah. you know, imagine how much money it might have been raised then. And the other thing to say is, and this is, you know, this is very much part of, the, you know, the message that the pledge scheme have put out. But imagine what happens if Newcastle do go down and God forbid that doesn't happen. Imagine if Newcastle go down again. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. We've seen it down the road. And, you know, sums of money that are raised then will look very, very different. And so it's not just it's not just about the Premier League. It's about being there as a safety net. It's about us taking steps to protect the future of the club and to to keep it for the people who come after us. And that's incredibly important. That was yeah. That was the next question was how important that safeguarding of the club is because, like you say, it's not just about you know Newcastle being in the Premier League, but it is about heaven forbid sinking down to, to league one and you know the money being pulled from from underneath the club that way so that the trust can then step in so just a question to all three i mean how important do you think it is to have that as george said a safety net ready to catch the club should we fall in that position go on i think it's, well it's vital you know we God forbid, you, like you said, you, the fall of that sends shivers down the back of my spine that if we wasn't prepared, if we wasn't organised, if we wasn't in that right frame of mind, that if it happens, uh, at least at least we can be prepared for the worst. And, it, you know, George is absolutely right. It, it happens. Don't be naive enough that it's not going to happen because we feel that we've got enough points because it does happen and it's happened before and it's happened in recent years. So, you know, we have to be prepared for that. We have to be ready for that. Um and what I love about this is that we're pulling in the same direction. It's not about an ego. It's not about, you know, who wants to be in charge. It's about being united and being together. Um, and it has happened. And we have to be prepared. So, for me, again, just uh, we, we, we dread for the worse. But look what we've gone through. I mean, none of us in our lifetime believe that we was going to go through what we've just gone through. And we have. And we're coming through it. And we come through it again. And that's what we want to try and do if the scenario happens with Newcastle United, we're prepared to get it back where it belongs. And that's challenging. That's competing. That's going out to win games. That's entertaining the fans and making the city proud of it, of, of what you're, who you're playing for and what you're doing. That's the bottom line. Do you guys think, you know, if the trust raise enough money and they went to a potential new buyer that, there would be the appetite. I mean, we're kind of speaking hypothetically, obviously, yeah. But there would be that appetite, or there should be that appetite for a new owner to say, "Yes, we'll we'll take you on board." And you know, they might not even want the money in the end. They might just say, "We'll give you a say, and you can actually donate that money to to charity." Well, I mean, I, I just yeah, so. yeah. Go on, Lee. Sorry, George. Uh, well, just to, just to follow your points from there earlier, George. You know, the fans are the biggest stakeholder by number, but also probably the most important. So why would any incoming shareholder group say no to them? Uh, even Ashley schmoozed us at the start. So if he can, 
anybody else surely will. The, one of the most dispiriting things about about the current ownership now, and this isn't you know this isn't about about them. This is actually about us, and it's about what we can do. But one of the dispiriting things is the way that they speak to people or don't speak to people. Far more probably far more importantly, you know how there is no communication with the people who pay for season tickets. There's no, very little communication with the people who come through the doors. You know the club should be a beacon for the city and for the region. It should stand for something. It's the biggest building in the city. It should have the biggest heart. It should be, you know, it should set the tone for the city. Um, and I think actually that stuff is should be pretty easy to do. And it seems so hard for this ownership to do. And that's kind of one of my great sort of disappointments. And as I said earlier, I think any new owner would be crazy not to see those relationships as the most important things to be repaired at this club because when the club pulls in the same direction and I'm you know I reported on Warren when he was a player that's that those teams are my touchstone teams as an as a as someone who's watched Newcastle all my life I'm very lucky because I've seen this team and this club and this city being what it can be and I want other people to 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 sort of understand that and I want to get, feel that feel that again communications shouldn't be so difficult talking to those stakeholders that lee said should be easy it should be the first thought in the head everything that the club does you know it should be with that thought what do our supporters think of this because because we are them and they should be us and so um for me that's the big that's the big thing it's about reminding people what football should be about and what a club should be about they are not the club you are the club and, um, you know, let's remind them of that. It's been a great start to the campaign, more than £33,000 raised, Warren. And I guess you might have been partial to the um, a party, rather, to the focus groups and, the, you know, the enthusiasm that came out of those meetings with fans. Are you confident that the initial, uh, you know, reaction to the pledge will continue in the months and years ahead? Yes, and it has to. Um that's part of what we need to do as a as a group of fans and a group of supporters of the of the club. We need to keep persevering. We need to keep working hard. Uh, we we said that yesterday on the WhatsApp group. It, it was fantastic what we achieved in that first twelve hours. But we all know, and we're not naive. There's a long, long way to go of what we want to try and achieve, and we're ready for that. You know, as as Lee said, this has been going on for a number of years. It's not something that's just happened in the last couple of weeks. So. We're prepared for the, the journey. We're prepared and we're ready to go as far as it takes us. Um, and as Bobby used to say, we're going to have a hell of a ride when it happens. So, you know, from that point of view, we're, we're going to see it through. And um, yes, it, it's we're going to get ups and downs. We're going to get challenges. But for, for us, and as I said, the impact that it had and the, the media that it got straight away. Uh, and again, to echo what I said earlier, to have someone like Big Al involved will only carry weight and carry, you know, respect for, for what he's trying to do. This is not a bandwagon. This is someone that's serious about the club and what he wants to do in the area. And, um, you know, we, we all support that. And I'm sure the passion will keep going on and on and on. Um, and that's part that's what makes them so special. As Jules rightly said, you know, for, for us, I was lucky enough to be part of it and, it just involves you and encapsulates you of what the fans and the error is. So nothing surprised me with this lot. And I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to surprise a lot of people and hopefully we uh, we enjoy it along the way. Fingers crossed. Well, we'll go, we'll start with Lee and go around back to Warren. Just a kind of a, a lasting message of 
hope really of what you hope can be achieved with this pledge? Um, probably all of the above. I, th I think it's a great opportunity for us to, to have a voice in the, in the direction of the club. Um, you know, we've had nothing uh, in terms of input for so, so long. Um, I think beyond that, you know, th th this is such a great means for us to get the fans to reconnect with the club. There's people such as myself who started to detach. I say detach. I'll always be a Newcastle fan. I'll always follow. But I find it very, very hard to sit in our cathedral right now. Um, you know, you look on the streets, there's not as many kids wearing Newcastle United shirts. You go to the city centre on a match day, it's nowhere near as busy as it used to be. We need to get that back. Because if we don't, in five or ten years, this club, in terms of fan base, could be a fraction of the size. And that's the moment where all of a sudden things look even bleaker than what they do right now. So, you know, I think we've got a, a great opportunity. There's some good people behind this. We're going to do this the right way. And we just need to be consistent with the effort that, that comes from here on in. George? Yeah, spot on from Lee. I agree, agree with every every word of that. I mean, you know, to, to sort of repeat, I hate that feeling of going to St. James's Park with that feeling of sort of, hollowness in inside myself with that feeling of emptiness now I get paid to watch Newcastle um and but it's you know it's the place that I was uh, introduced to football um it means you know it's the reason why I do the job that I do and it uh, you know I, I love it and I hate I hate the fact that those kind of 90 minutes or the or the time around it are often the worst part of the weekend or the bit about the weekend I look forward to least and you know it's that sense of I want to feel part of something and I want to belong to something. And I want us to be able to show who we are and what we believe in and what we stand for. And the pledge scheme doesn't answer all of those things, but it it it, it starts it. It starts that process again, I hope. And, you know, I feel so incredibly enthused seeing that the response that there's uh, been over the last 24 hours, but more than that, seeing that the you know, seeing the the great work that the Alex and everybody else at the Trust has done over so, such a long time. This isn't a back of a cigarette packet operation. It's it's taken weeks and months and years um, of thought and detailed planning to how we can get there. And it's going to take years from this point onwards too. And we, have, we all have to be prepared for that. This isn't something that answers things overnight, but it's about us. It's about doing something. It's about being part of something and it's about positivity. All of those things have been very difficult to feel at this club over the last decade or so. So, um, you know, let's give it a go. Let's give it a go and let's see, see where we can get to. It's really easy to have that feeling of powerlessness and I've shared it myself at times, but we've got a chance to do something. So I'm all in. Warren? George, I never had the, I never had them problems in my seven years. It was always exciting and fun to be around. So. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a lucky, lucky man. I mean, it's quite simple. You, you've all said it all there, just to bring some pride and passion back into the city, back into the club, back into the area. Um, and as I said, with the fan base we've got, with people who have got involved, it's something that we can achieve, no doubt in my mind. As I said, just bring back that pride and passion and the rest will follow. Fantastic. Well, gents, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. These are your guardians of the 1892 pledge, and they will be looking after any of the money raised. We, like I say, we appreciate you spending your Friday night introducing yourselves to our viewers and listeners. 
Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, Pleasure. guys. We'll now quickly just hear from um, Mark Douglas because I was going to get the other members of the trust on, but Mark has a prior engagement. So he's got a quick message of support um, for the campaign. If he's back, I can see that he's not. So I will just go straight to the members of the NUST. Let me add them in there. Is he back? Oh, he is back. We're there. Right. I'll add Mark in now and then we'll go to the NUST. Bear with me. This is the jinx of doing it live. Here is Mark Douglas, football editor of Chronicle Live. Mark, hello. Um, we just want to know why the Chronicle and why yourself are backing the 1892 pledge. Well, I mean, I've just listened to the guys there and, uh, you know, everything that they've they've said, you know, all of those emotions, I think we agree with at the Chronicle. Um, you know, I've worked with Alex on this for, I think, three years. Um, we had a coffee in Acosta a um, couple of years ago. Um, he talked a little bit about the scheme. And and I said, look, you know, the main thing that we can offer is is support for it. You know, I know the guys at the NUST. I know um, how, you know, how much work they've put into it. And I think from our position at the Chronicle, we... You know, we we want to we want to see Newcastle United as strong as it can be. I think there's there's a a, a real um, I think there's a real lack of understanding from the football club actually about uh, what the Chronicles' role is with their with them. They see everybody, I think, um, as you know, as, as as against them at the moment. I, I think they believe that they're you know they they make a real virtue of the fact that it's it's them against the world. Um, and, and I just hate that. I just don't think that's that's correct at all. They they don't like the fact that people criticise them. They think that everything's weighted against them. They don't see the problems that they've created. And I see this scheme as the antidote to that. Um, we've all seen, you know, down the years, boycotts, walkouts, things like that, that, you know, that have been announced and um, have basically split the fan base. You know, we, we've seen with the boycott situation a couple of years ago that the Magpie group who, you know, I, I, I sort of, I thought that they did some excellent work, but you know, it was when it got to the point of asking people not to go to the games, it, it split, it split opinion, you know, and it, and it became a toxic argument in itself. And I think that all that that did was strengthen the hand of the people at the football club who say, it's just a noisy minority. It's, you know, most people think we're doing a good job because they genuinely believe that they're doing a good job. Um, this is almost saying, and I, I love the fact that they're, they're, they're saying, look, we're not going to try and um, impact Mike Ashley. We're not, we're not, we don't want to give our money to Mike Ashley. Um, he's got to go and find his own, um, his own new owner. And we're going to go and do our own thing. And we're going to show what Newcastle United is all about. And, you know, to be honest with you, bully to them because they, they haven't understood what we can do. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so I feel that this is what, what it's, what's great about it is it's a positive campaign. And that's why the Chronicles got behind it is because it's not, you know, I, I know there's people watching who probably don't agree with it. And there'll be people, um, who say it's, it, it, it won't work. And, you know, there's the, and, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's not, it's not about, um, having a go at those people, but I think what, um, what we like about it is it, it, it you know, there's nothing to lose. It's about, taking in an institution that should be central to the community which is chronicle is part of that community as well and saying it belongs to you this is your chance to do something about it and i absolutely love that um and you know i, I and i think what i love most about it is the amount of work that's gone into it this is this was announced yesterday um after a lot of work i mean you, you i don't think people realize how much work has gone into it to make sure that it's a realistic 
um, project that can um, that can make a difference. It's a long term project, uh, and we'll be there every step of the way as well. And we will give it we will give it all the backing in the world. And I, I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to give it the backing that we did yesterday. Well, there we have it. A short answer there from Mark. That's all we wanted just to hear because I think it's important to hear why we are backing it. I think Mark sums it up perfectly. Cheers, Mark. We'll now add in the members of the trust. Um, we have Mark, Greg, Charlotte and Norman somewhere. There we have it. Apologies to Norman. I know you've been waiting, waiting since we've kicked off at seven o'clock. You've had a long wait, but I'm sure it'll be worth it. Um, Alex has just messaged us there to say that the total race has actually gone up to 34,000. Um, it was 33, just over 33 at the time we kicked off. It's now gone up to 34 within the hour that we've been on air. So that's great news. I think maybe the passion of Alex at the start and what the Hearts guys said and followed obviously by the Guardians and hopefully you guys now has all aided to that. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll start with you, Mark. Um, I'm just wondering uh, what you think the the generational appeal of the pledge is to to the fans. Well, it's appealing to everyone to be honest, because uh, part of the roles that what I've took on, um, you know, we've, we've all played a huge part in this. But what I want to do is to to reach out to a lot of people who I know have walked away from Newcastle, they've walked away from the games, they fell out of love with it, and I'm talking people who were there when we won the the Fairs Cup in '69. Uh, people who have watched Newcastle during the 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. And every single person I've spoke to will end up having more of a heart to heart, a little bit reminisce, a little bit uh, remember these days, but remember the, you know, that game. And it, it's been so nice to talk about it. But ultimately, the whole key and the whole point of the conversations were to sort of try and you know, reinvigorate them, make them more passionate again about Newcastle United because ultimately they've walked away. And, um, you know, Alistair from the, the Hearts uh, lads earlier, he said, it's all about the fans. And it is. It's all about the supporters. And that's the key key word in all of this, the fans. Um, we we can do it, but we need the supporters with us all the way. And, um, you know, I, th I think one of the most heartwarming messages we've seen today is um, a supporter pledged. And then he, he put on, on Twitter that he spoke to his mother about it and she ended up donating a hundred pound in memory of her husband who had passed and that was just so heartwarming and it just got hit shit her words to her son were i want to donate on behalf of your, your dad because this is what he would have wanted everyone to do and it, it's stories like that in the, in the coming in and it's it's pulling the heartstrings in a way but it just goes to show that everyone's pulling the same direction and that you know we're only two days in and the momentum's just starting to get going Andrew and it's 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 an absolute joy to be a part of it to be honest yeah I saw that tweet and it was lovely as well and that gained a lot of reaction and I think you, you summed it up perfectly there that you know the fans are the most important thing to the football club Charlotte I mean this has been launched at a time when really fans have been shown to be very important to football it's probably been brought on you know, due to the impacts of COVID nineteen and fans not getting into into the grounds and you know the debacle with yeah you know pay to view the games and what have you, but you feel this is the right time to launch this to show just how important football fans are to their clubs. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, there's always going to be reasons not to launch stuff at any time in the whole world ever. But we've been we've been out of games for over a year now, and and I just think we as a fan base, like Alex said at the beginning of 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 this, I've been watching since the beginning. You know, we are we are the asset here that is being sold when this club is eventually being sold. This fan base is incredible and passionate and 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 sometimes on social media you can get caught up in the divisiveness and and little fan spats, but this is such a unifying thing and, and fans are so important to um to any football club but I think especially ours I know I'm biased but I think especially ours and and I think fans often can underestimate their own power as a as a unit and as a group of people and I'm so proud to be involved in this scheme um to to sort of highlight how important fans are and how important we can be and how how we can really make our voice heard Oh, brilliant. Uh, Norman, when you look back at kind of the fan ownership elements that we've seen maybe down the years in, in Newcastle, I know we, there was talk of a share issue under Sir John, which never came off. And then we've had people in the comments mentioning, you know, they've had £500 bonds and, you know, when the club was sold, they didn't get anything back from that. I mean, why is this scheme different? And looking back at the experiences we've had previously, um, you know, why is this scheme the one to get on board with, do you think? I think some of the earlier schemes failed because there wasn't any real proper fan engagement. There wasn't a recognition that fans were important. The great strength of the pledge scheme is that we're not asking people to risk any money here or, or to buy shares. What we're doing is we're saying, look, if we can all come together like the Hearts lads did and steadily build up a, a, a fund, it'll become 12 billion quid in about five or six years' time. So the idea is the numbers game as many as possible pledging what they can will quickly build up a fund and as, as lee says if you've got cash you can come to the party if you haven't got any cash you can protest as long as you like but you ain't going to no party you just got to sit back and watch the so-called experts ruin the club so I was on the trust for about 10 years from 2010 onwards. I was chair for about nine years. And my background is working in the co-op sector, specializing in transferring private companies to being employee-owned companies. So I've always been trying to raise shares and raise money. And then we had a conference had in 2016 a... when we first met the Hearts lads. And that's when I discovered the joys of the pledge scheme. It doesn't involve shares. You can be a bit more relaxed about it. Ask people to pledge what they can, when they can, and that way it will slowly build up. If we want to issue shares in the future, then of course we can. And we've already been asked about that. But the great advantage of the pledge scheme is that it allows everybody to chip in what they can afford. And very, very quickly, it'll become a big fund. I was just doing a, a quick calculation. The Trust has got about 15,000 members. If each of them pledged five quid a month, that would be £75,000 a month. That's £900,000 a year. Right? So that's only on a five quid times 15000 I think we can easily match that. And that gives you some idea of how it will build up. 
like everybody had just said, I wish we'd done this 10 years ago. I literally had never heard of the Heart game until 2016. So that's one of the reasons why it's, we've never had a go at it. But I remember going up to see them about two years ago and I went to one of their matches. And before the match, all the fans were in, you know, there in the building buying all the heart gear. And they were really enjoying the fact that they, they now own the club virtually. I mean, that they're already built their own stand with the money that they raised. And the feeling you get of community and ownership was absolutely incredible. And you compare that with what's going on at Newcastle at the minute, it just simply makes you realise that, you know, this is a goal worth going for. And this time we mean it and we ain't going away. And as long as the fans stick together, we'll eventually get there. Greg, I know yesterday when you held the press conference, you also referenced as Norman has, as George has earlier on, and Alex did as well about Imagine where we'd be ten years if we'd set this up ten years ago, and I guess that also just plays in, into the fact that this is a very long-term project, and it's not just going to happen overnight over the next few months. This is you know, kind of years in the future to build up a total where you can go to a potential owner and say, "Look, this is what we've got to to get a stake in the club." Absolutely, you know. I guess it's an unfortunate fact in football that I guess, as in life, money money talks. And, you know, if you go and have those conversations with a prospective buyer uh, and you have money, you have a fund behind you, then you can have those serious conversations. If you go to a prospective buyer and say, I'd like to buy 1%, but I don't have any money, but I think I might be able to get it later, well, you'll get left out of the room. So, you know, it's about having that that fund there, absolutely. And, yeah, it is a long-term plan. It is a long-term project, and it, and it, and it might take a long time, but... Um, it's all of those things that have been said already tonight by our guardians and 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 by Alex and you know and everything that those hearts hearts glad said as well. And I think the one, you know, there's so many scenarios that this could could play out in really. But it's about putting our money where our mouths are really to a point and and being able to be that, um, you know that 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 safeguard if it's there if it's needed. You know, God forbid the worst happens. I saw a really interesting tweet, actually. Someone called it a life insurance policy. Say you fall down the leagues, say we get relegated twice, say we, we turn out like uh, those down the road. You know, who buys football clubs that are in trouble? It's chances, it's people, you know, we've seen it with various other clubs in the lower in those lower leagues. So it could be a life insurance policy. Now, as Newcastle fans, we hope we don't need that. We want us to be at the, at the right end of the leagues. We don't want us to be relegated. None of us do. Really, do we? We want to win football games. We want to have that pride back. We, you know, we want to be going back in St James's Park and 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 absolutely loving it, you know. Um, but it could be that, or equally, it could be working with new owners. And and you know, I hear a lot also about one percent. Well, one percent is meaningless. Well, you know what? It's not if your new owner is invested in the fans, and it's about influencing their behaviours and how they think and how they make their decisions. And if you're there, yes, we're not naive enough to think that 1% gives you the control and let you run a football club. But you're there, you have a relationship, you, you get them to think how your fans think. I think George summed it up perfectly. You want experts running your football club. You want, the, you want that football club to hire the very best people, as you do on the pitch and in the dugout, but also in the executive management positions, to run that football club in the best way that it can be. So, yeah, the possibilities there are... are you know, magnificent, really. And, and it is something positive to get behind because, you know, the last 14 years, the, the less said about that, the better.
Mark, you played a big role in the focus groups, and you know they've been very enthusiastic at the, the feedback. What gives you the feeling that people, you know, the fans that were in those groups, are going to put their money where their mouth is and, and back this, not just initially, not just over the next week or so, but longer term? The feedback's been tremendous, Andrew, as you can probably imagine. Um, and the, the, the thing is, as well, as these open chats, people have come to us with little ideas. You know, that was what that was the whole point um, involving the supporters. We're, we're 10 people on a, on a supporters trust board representing 15,000 members, but we're also hoping to represent everyone else. And, you know, since yesterday, we've had more sign-ups, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but ultimately, I think it's more so the fact that people are are continuing to ask us questions, continuing to say, OK, um, you've done this now. I, I don't quite understand it, this bit. I might not have the answer. So I may go to Norman or Greg or Alex, Sean, whoever. And what we're doing is we're just bouncing off each other to make sure that we're getting the message. It's, it's loud and clear. And as time's ticking by, more and more people are now understanding what we're actually trying to do, what we're trying to achieve. And things like this, you, you are kindly hosting this for us. It's it's spreading the word. And this this will continue. You know, this will continue. We'll, we'll be going around the, um, the podcasts, um, the YouTube channels. We'll be doing all this because... There's different people who may not be aware of us, um, so we need we need to continue to spread the word. But so far, you know, the people who have been on on the, um, the the chats with us, the live ones and the personal ones we've had, it's been nothing but very very you know positive. And um, I think the fact that we've jumped up to thirty four thousand, you know, on this alone, you know, in less than forty eight hours for me just shows that we've only touched a fraction of the fan base so far, um, and. Alex just says thirty-five thousand now, so there you go. Yeah. Um, there, you, you know, this it just says it all. You know, we, we need to get the word out. We need to keep doing what we're doing, and ultimately, we need the support from the legs of yourself and all the media outlets out there. And it's it's so far so good. Mm. No, I'm definitely backing it. I think the comments from yourself and from Alex and everyone else that's been on the panel mm-hmm. tonight just so enthusiastic. And Charlotte, I wrote yesterday that it seems to be a message of unity. Um, this project. It doesn't matter whether you know, you live a stone's throw away from the River Tyne or you're walking down San Diego with a Newcastle top one. It's for everybody, this project. I think that's really important. It's kind of the definition of United in a way. Yeah, absolutely. We are um, we are a, a massive fan base, you know, not just in the UK where we can stretch right up into Scotland, down towards Leeds, right across towards Cumbria. Um, we're in London, we've got diasporas in, you know, Sydney and Singapore. And, and we've, we are aware, I want to be very clear, we are aware that there are some issues with the international payments, um, which we weren't expecting. We were expecting our platform to be able to handle all different kinds of things. We are working on that. But the volume of, um, of, of queries we've had in, like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Singapore and I want to donate. I'm in Sweden. I'm in Norway. I'm in, I'm in New York. I'm in Oregon. And it's just amazing. And it just makes me feel like part of this 
I know it's I know it's not about me it's about all of us but it makes me feel like part of this big amazing family of people who want the same thing and that's ambition and drive and and something you know something bigger to look forward to with their club and we're all joined by this by this club this sort of ridiculous oftentimes soap opera of a club but um yeah it's just I, I'm I'm so proud of how this has unified or seems to have unified yeah of course there are people who aren't on board but even a lot of the people who aren't on board have said you know not for me but good luck and that's that's brilliant as well you know that's that's very like fine if it's not for you fine um but I'm just delighted that it seems to be for so many people across the world linking us all together I mean you saw in the video that you played at the beginning Andrew um where we are dotted about and that's just like Mark says, just scratching the surface. So, yeah, it, unity is is absolutely the message, and uh, and it's such a brilliant fan base to be part of. One hundred percent. I was gonna just ask Norman about um, a message to any skeptics out there, but then this nice message popped up, and he this is Norman Watson is a legend. I'm so <laughs> glad the pledge has launched, so you can see his dream for the pledge come true. Lovely message there for yourself, Norman. I think yeah. that kind of shows yeah. the people who are involved. Yeah, well, I paid him to say that, so that's actually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes to show the kind of people who are involved I mean, in the exactly trust. So. And The one message that I always think about all the time is that, certainly in the UK, there isn't a football club that was started by a private businessman to make money. They all came from the community from which they played especially Newcastle with Newcastle East, Newcastle West, they merged Newcastle United. Manchester, those two clubs came from the community. Aston Villa, Everton was what, a, 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 a Sunday school. They all came from the community and that's what we need to remember now. And as everybody has said, football without fans watching it is a meaningless exercise. It certainly has... Um, made its impact on everybody they're recognizing that but the fans are keeping even the current system going even though they can't turn up they're paying their sky money and that's subsidizing the thing they're buying the merchandise and that's subsidizing the clubs the only thing that's missing is they can't put the match day revenue together because they're not allowed to go in but any football club no matter how big it is has three sources of income the match day income, the commercial income, and the the income from from Sky, and all of that comes from the fans. Didn't come anywhere else. That's where it comes from. So why can't the fans have a decent ownership in the clubs that they created in the first place and maintain to this day? Yeah, one hundred percent. Greg, uh, just finally, I think uh, before we move on to the Q and A with Alex to to wrap up, just your message of of hope for those watching, for those who've donated, uh, pledged, for those who are thinking of doing so, and for those who undoubtedly will still have questions about what it's all about. Yeah, I guess it's just a thank you to everyone who's got behind us, you know, mon monumental launch, really. Um, I guess, as, as Bobby Robson once said, it, it wasn't beyond our wildest dreams because we did have wild dreams. But here we go. You know, it's just a start. It's all around that long-term monthly pledge. Give what you can, when you can, um, or one-off, but keep it going. Use your referral link to tell your friends, tell your mates, 
Billy Ranty, tell your uncle, get the get the message out there if you're back in the, if you're back in this scheme, get the message offline. That's one of the real challenges. Get the message away from just Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. And yeah, the positivity around it, I just feel uh, you know, immense pride in 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 you know the reaction from from everybody. But you know, I'm just sat here as as a board member at this point in time and, and asked to be the chair of the trust at this point in time. You know, we're just custodians at points in time. It's not about me. It's not about Mark or Charlotte or Norman. It's about all of us working together for a better Newcastle United. Perfectly summed up. Charlotte, Mark, Norman, Greg, thank you for taking the time to join us on this official launch. We do appreciate it. Um, and I'll welcome Alex back into the stream. Just to remove myself. We'll get there eventually. There we go. <laughs> Um, hello, Alex. You're back. We've got plenty of questions to get through over the next 20 minutes or so. Um, some I didn't answer right at the start. And the first one is, I just wonder, Greg mentioned it there. He mentioned about the referral code. Can you just explain to our viewers and listeners what that means? And while you do that, I'm going to remove myself and turn the light on before I totally disappear <laughs> from view. So, yeah, what is the referral uh, scheme reward? Yeah, great question, Andrew. Um, you might see this pin badge I'm wearing now, 892 Pledge Scheme. I'll bring it a bit closer to the screen there. Um, if you create an account on the website, 1892pledge.co.uk, and you head to your account, you'll have your own unique referral link. And if you send your referral link to a friend or stick it on social media and, and, and someone signs up by clicking your link, we will send you one of these pin badges. We have events planned. Um, for people who refer numerous, you know, five people, 10 people using their own referral link, both digital events while the pandemic continues um, and we'll do, you know, real events, hopefully not just in the great city of Newcastle upon time, but across the UK because of our, you know, nationwide fan base. And also we might do some stuff in North America as well or any other parts of the world like Australia where there's a lot of Newcastle fans. So we want to reward people who help us spread the word about the pledge scheme. And that's basically the idea behind it. Lots of people asking whether you've been in touch with either Manor Stavely or the Public Investment Fund or any other potential owners to who might be waiting in the background um, to talk about this project, about the pledge, and if indeed a stake would be available. No, I haven't. Obviously, I, I spoke to Amanda Stavely last summer um, when you know when we tried to get some answers from the Premier League about about why they hadn't approved the. The takeover of Newcastle and United, but but regarding this, I think I think this is about the supporters. For the minute, you, you've had all these fantastic people on who've made such great points about what we're trying to do as a fan base, and rather than go to a potential owner and say we might do this or we're going to do this, you know, we th thought it was important to do it to get it off the ground because, like Alistair from the Foundation Hearts said earlier. The hardest part of it is probably getting it off the ground. It took us three years to get it off the ground. You know, we want the club to be sold. We'll make no secret of that. Mike actually wants to sell the club. Great, we want him to sell it. Um, we think that any new owner, like was discussed earlier, would want to engage with the supporters' trust and, and the wider Newcastle fan base. We, we don't want just want to turn up empty-handed and ask for influence in the club if we could turn up with some money for for whoever buys the club. That's the that's the aim here. Um, would love to speak to potential owners, and, and, and we I would say that all potential owners should be engaging with the fan base. Um, but right now, 
we're concentrated on the supporters of, the, of Newcastle United and what we can do as a group. And, you know, I think when I jumped on this link, Andrew, we're on 32,000. During, from that time onwards, we've got up to 35,000 and I've stopped checking. So the supporters of Newcastle United around the world right now, right this second right now, are pledging. And I would urge everyone uh, watching and listening, you know, how far can we take this with your support? It's only the likes of you people watching this and listening to this that are going to make this work. So what can we achieve together? Got a lot of questions from overseas viewers, overseas Newcastle United supporters. Um, one here from Michael. Um, I, th I think he did ask this question before. Um, it's gone from my screens. I think he is in America, perhaps, but he asks Does a £20 uh, pledge from him end up as a £20 deposit in the overall total, or is a processing fee deducted by the bank for each transaction? Yeah, there's no way to raise money without there being fees. You know, we use Go Cardless, and we're looking at some other options for international payments. Hopefully tonight, I've been on it all day and yesterday trying to get that fixed. Um, so, you know, we'll have the um, we'll have a, a North American launch event later on, which we emailed all members about. So if you're based in North America, it's midnight UK time. So anyone UK time, if they want to hear all this stuff again with Warren, can do. Um, but yeah, you know, there are small fees. It's like twenty pence a transaction. I think, um, uh, plus a very small percentage that comes off the fees. But, you know, there's, it's simply impossible to do it any other way without, uh, you know, we, we are using technology to, to to get these payments in, so we do have to pay those fees, yeah. Yeah, and another question there from about paying from North America. Um, can you just explain the process? I know Charlotte mentioned there is some sort of issue, but once that's fixed, can you just explain how fans, whether it be in America or, you know, Canada or wherever in the world, how they can get involved yeah it's likely going to be paypal stripe or both i'm just trying to work out the final details with them um and we will you know um, again we're hoping to get it on tonight if not the next couple of days what what it has shown us is just the, the, the sheer volume of people who've got in touch from a to say we can't pay just shows the passion there's for Newcastle united outside of the united kingdom whether that's fans that have moved abroad or, or just people who have been supporting Newcastle united uh, for different parts of the world for whatever reason, it's uh, it's massive, and so we're looking at that thirty-five thousand at the time of speaking. I know it'll be a hell of a lot higher once those international fans are able to to pay in as they want to. Fantastic, and I think we may have mentioned this earlier in the show, but uh, you mentioned that it's gone above thirty-four. And Gary is right in what he says. He says he's asked if the the total on the website doesn't update straight away, and I think um, I think that that is true, isn't it? That it's a bit behind um, your your figures. Yeah, because different banks take different times to process direct debit payments. So what, what you see on the website is processed payments. Some banks take as, as long as a week to do it or five working days. Um, so what we see in our kind of back end is the money fans have pledged. So that's why we're talking about that um, higher amount. Again, these are the things you kind of only find out about when you launch. <laughs> so in terms of things that could have gone wrong, it's it's been a great launch, but there are a couple of things in the national payments figuring out that that we do need to get on top of. There was a question um, when you mentioned about the, the total raise so far, and you know it's over thirty-four thousand pounds. And the question was whether that's a monthly pledge. Or that's so we're definitely going to get thirty-four thousand pound this time next month or whether that's just a one-off payment of what's been raised over the last couple of days? Yeah, it's a mixture. So the, the vast majority of people who pledge uh, are monthly, which is what we need. I mean, what we, 
one-off pledges are fantastic and we're massively grateful but this is uh, this is a you know we we need fans to commit to that monthly payment if if possible not everyone can do that um but those who can we need that monthly payment because we will have to raise the money monthly um and what we also want to do with fans um is is let them know so at the moment we will raise X amount of pounds in so many months or years. We will be able to do that once we get a bit of, you know, it would be foolish to do that after two days, but we we are going to do that. Yeah, that 34,000 is a total. Um, you know, we're very lucky to have had some really, really big donations. We've had a thousand pound donation in from someone. We've had several 500 pound donations, which has been great, but as brilliant have been the, you know, the, the, the five pound donations, the 10 pound donations. The reason that we did the referral scheme as we did, re trying to reward people to spread the messages we're all equal in the trust. No one, whether you, Andrew, or, or me, I'm assuming you're a Newcastle fan there. Sorry, I know you're an impartial journalist who supports all the Northeast clubs. Um, whether anyone in the comments or watching or listening, we're all the same. We're Newcastle fans. Just just because someone pays more money and we didn't want to um, create a hierarchy, the supporters' trust is equal, even though I'm the former chair and I kicked it back off. I'm a board member now with my colleagues who were on earlier. We have the same vote in elections or in votes on meaningful things as, as anyone else in the trust. And the trust is only £2 to join and £1 per year thereafter. We think that's the best way to do it, to bring people in as affordably as possible. Yeah, I'm a Newcastle United fan, and I'm a paid-up member of the NUST as well. So um, don't worry about that. Um, people talking, and, and, and Greg kind of mentioned it, and so did Warren, that um, about this whole, if you guys get 1%, uh, yes, you know, you'll be in contact with the, the majority stakeholder, but you know, they don't necessarily have to listen to your views. I'm just wondering, is that a worry for you that you could still have your voice and, and you would be in the right to say it because you've paid the money, you've got the percent, but they don't have to listen to you? No, of course they don't. Just like they don't have to listen to fans if they bought the club anyway. And then where would we be? It gives us a hell of a better chance turning up organised and with the money. And, and, and I appreciate people keep referencing 1%, but it is a minimum. It is the it is a minimum that we're going for. You know, I, I think Newcastle United fans are are, are capable of, of, of great things. And Hearts fans raised £12 million. Yeah, it took them five years. Hearts fans raised £12 million. What can we do in five years? I'd like to see. I've, I have a feeling we could surpass that. And that's not to de degenerate anything the Hearts fans have done because we take our inspiration from them. We look up to them about their achievements and what they've done with their football club. So, you know, we, we, let's take Amanda Staveley as an example in her PCP partners. Amanda Staveley, in her communications with the Supporters Trust, communicated more in one month than Mike Ashley had done with his fan base in 13 years at the time. That's a good start for me. That, that encourages me. Amanda Staveley talks about the influence of fans, talks about the role of the trust. She gave a very nice public statement uh, through George, who was on earlier on the show, about the role we played. 8,000 people came together in the, in the summer for Amanda Staveley to email their MP respectfully and ask the, their MP to lobby Richard Masters to give us answers for the takeover. This, These are the results of fans working together. And from what I've seen so far, to bring it back to your question... You know, I think anyone who's willing to pay Mike Ashley's very high fee for Newcastle United, and I've said I think they're paying for the fans and the potential the fans bring, would be crazy, crazy not to engage with the trust and, and this kind of thing. So 1%, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it guarantees more than 0%. If, let's say, that the potential owners did reject and they said, look, I'm sorry, we don't want to give you a stake, how would, you, how would that affect the relationship 
between the the new owner and the trust. I mean, obviously, you guys would be very disappointed, but would that impact the way you guys, you know, uh, react with them, have that relationship with them, or if they said no, but we still want to engage with you, that would be, would that be, how would you react to that? Well, it's not about me um, or the board of the trust. The money belongs to the members. So any any movement of that money is going to have to be voted on by the members of the trust. The members uh, of the trust, or at the minute, or however, when it grows to, it's 15,000 at the minute, um, have to approve any movement by, by majority. So 50% plus one member. Um, I don't want to talk too much about theoreticals because, like I've, I've just explained, it's not, it's not up to me. What I will say, though, in answer to your question is um, we want Newcastle United to be run for its supporters, and I don't think it is run for its supporters at the minute. And Actually, I think its supporters are the least of any concerns of the people who run the club at the minute, which is a great shame, and it's why we'll find ourselves in this horrible position, um, which has been exacerbated by the pandemic but existed well before then. Um, if Newcastle United is run for the benefits of supporters, it will, it will flourish and it will thrive and it will take off. So... I don't want to talk about or, or speculate too much on, you know, not being happy with potential owners because of not accepting money. What I want to focus on is what Newcastle United fans have done so far, and that's thousands of you have heard our message, and thousands of you will continue to hear our message. I've no doubt the number of people and that money will continue to grow, and let's see what we can do. We're here to protect the future of Newcastle United, both for ourselves and, the, and future generations. So that's our concern at the minute relationship with owners down the line it's important and i understand why you asked the question because that's what people want to know but let's see what we can do as a support let's see where we can take this and that will then influence how those conversations go and just to be clear for those watching and listening that you know say mike ash is still here in two years time and you the pledge is raised i don't know let's throw a figure out there say four or five million is there any chance you would go to Mike Ashley and say, look, we have this amount of money, can we get a stake? Or is it just set on a potential new owner coming in? I think it's just on a new owner coming in. Um, I, I, I can't be sure, but I would, I would guess that our membership would not want their money going to Mike Ashley. Um, what, you know, the, the, there is a body of evidence from the past 14 years to, to see how Mike Ashley treats supporters now struggle to see a way though it's not up to me i'll say that again it's not up to me um how how the club could work constructively with with mike ashley in keeping with the way he runs it right now if there was to be some sort of massive change of heart and he was to approach the trust we would put that message to the members and they would vote on that but i have to be honest i, I can't see that now uh con asks about any other costs incurred in this pledge that there will be when the money comes out of the pot, he asks about fees being paid to lawyers and whether it's an, an escrow account. Can you just give some information on whether there is anything, you know, uh, with those, with that question there about, you know, any extra fees or anything like that? Um, it's not being held in an escrow account. It's being held in a bank account, which is controlled by your guardians who were on the show earlier. They're the people who can move that money. Um, you know, so the, the, they are the protectors of the money. It's up to them what happens. They're all trustworthy. Uh, Ian didn't make it tonight for whatever reason. Um, he wasn't able to make it. But the other three guys, I hopefully you've you've had a chance to see them, hear them talk. I trust them completely with this project. It's why me and my board colleagues appointed them to be guardians of this money. Um, you know, any other costs incurred that will be deducted out of the pot, 
Uh, we've agreed as a board that we could use up to 3% of the money raised for any kind of costs. However, we've spent a lot of money already in the launch on the advertising materials so that all of that is out the way. There's no need to, to dip into pledge money for, for anything else because we want money that is pledged to be used only for the, the two purposes that it's pledged for, which is number one, buying shares in Newcastle United. And if we're failing that endeavour for whatever reason, number two, to be donated to uh, charities registered in the northeast of England. And just to um, just talk a bit more about the Guardians looking after the money. So they, how does that process work with regards, you know, the, who has the final say, who has the first say? Just explain a bit more about that process if you can. Yeah. Um, you know what, Andrew? I just got a text message there about potentially being able to take live international payments from straight away. So could you repeat the question just because it was, it was great news? So hopefully that will be sorted by the time people listen to this. That is great news. Yeah, I was just asking about the Guardians. You've explained there that they kind of control that bank account the money is in. But in terms of you know them deciding that this is the right time to to bring the money out, to cancel you know the project, I'm just wondering if you can explain to the viewers and listeners how the process works because I'm understood it, obviously the final say rests with the members of the NUST. So for those who don't understand or haven't read or heard how it works, can you just explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Thanks for repeating it. Um, so if the fund uh, doesn't grow by more than 10% in a year, the guardians will take a vote between themselves on whether to cancel the fund and give it a charity. If they decide to cancel the fund, you, the members, get to approve that vote or deny it. If, if, if the members think, no, we want it to keep going, then it will keep going. So it always comes back to the membership. If something was to happen, like uh, owners were to come into a club and say, you know, we want to work with the trust and, and all that, but, we, you know, would rather the money went to charity or we don't want the money or something like that, then, again, that vote would be put to the members and the members could decide what to do with that. So it always comes back to the members. Brilliant. And if you pledge... And obviously, you get it. You want to see it. Do you have to be a member of the trust to have that say? Yeah, the money belongs to the trust. People are paying into the trust here, so you don't have to be a member to pledge. But if you aren't a member of the trust, you you will not get a vote on how the money is spent because the money belongs to the trust. And let's say I know you said you didn't want to speak hypothetically, but I think this is an important point. If you are successful and you get percentage two percent whatever and you get a member on the board can you just explain to our viewers and listeners how that member would be chosen yes um there would there would likely be um a selection um chosen by the trust board of somebody um the trust board is completely accountable and democratic so if you're watching this or listening to this tonight and you want to stand for the trust election and we we hold our elections annually so there will be another election in september october this year don't care where you are in the world how long you've been a newcastle fan how long you've been a supporters trust member you can stand for election to go on that board tell the members what you think tell the members what you want to do i think we had 14 people stand for election last year the standard of candidate was incredible uh, there was sadly only five places um, up for grabs, um, nearly 6,000 people voted in that election, which we think is the biggest supporter election in, in UK history. Um, so, you know, anyone can do it. Anyone watching, any trust member can be on the board to make sure that if it does happen, like you say, if that if we do get our 
um, objective of, of hopefully getting support and representation at board level inside St James's Park when the club changes hands. Um, it's always going to be someone who's been elected by the supporters, the members even. And, I mean, just on that, the elections, I mean, let's, if you ended up getting, didn't get back in, Greg didn't get back in, and say, you know, new members came on that board, are the Guardians Guardians for life and only they can step down or can they be, you know, voted off from being a Guardian? I'm just wondering about the, the kind of the, the security aspect there, really. Yeah, the guard, the guardians are guardians until they no longer no longer want to be guardians, and that's why that's why we appointed them. And you are spot on. That's it's very important that if if me or any of the guys who were on before stopped doing this, didn't get reelected, and someone else came along and said, "Oh, why don't we spend this money on, you know, sorting out the potholes on the coast road or whatever, something crazy like that?" Then the guardians are there to say, "No, no, we've been appointed to look after this money for these two reasons, and it's not going anywhere else." I think when we spoke last week about it, you said it can only be used for one of for one of two reasons: either to get that stake or to be given to the to the charities, which is which is a great thing because it's a in, in many ways it's a no lose situation because if you don't get what you want in terms of that stake, you know charities will benefit, and that's that's absolutely brilliant. Well, we think it's a no lose scenario for that reason. You know, we're asking people. To put money up front here to, to to pledge monthly if they can through the 1892 pledge website, which is 1892pledge.co.uk. Um, and the worst thing that will happen to your money is it will go to good causes in the northeast. And that also takes away some of the pressure a little bit on the decision what to do with the money, what to do with the scheme. Because, you know, worst case scenario, like we said, it'll go to some good causes in this region. Brilliant stuff. I mean, we've had loads of passionate people. On tonight, just before I ask you some, we just got a few questions from people in the comments. Just again asking, how do you pay? Is it monthly? Can you put in a lump sum and then you know not donate again? I mean, just or not pledge again? Can you just explain the different kind of, um, or, yeah, just how people can get involved, really? Yeah, so ideally, we're after monthly contributions through direct debit, which you can set up through the 1892 pledge website. Um, because monthly donations keep the fund going and keep the fund building. But also, if that's not for you, you know, lots of people have made a, a one-off payment and a monthly payment just to get the fund going. Um, but we accept one-off payments as well. All the money counts. It all goes to the same place. Uh, you can give us as much or as little as you want. There's no pressure from us. We don't want anyone to give us any amount of money that they would miss. So the, the people who've donated the £1,000 figures and the £500 figures so far must have a you know, a lot of money. So we, we, we only want people to pay what they can afford. Um, you know, £5, £10 a month is absolutely brilliant with us, uh, or, or less than that, whatever, whatever is up to people. So we're both uh, happy to accept um, one-off payments and direct debits through the Pledge website. Fantastic. And I guess, finally, a message of hope, really. What have you got to say to those who have donated, or pledged, rather, who are thinking about it, and those still who are a bit sceptical about the pledge? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we understand the, the scepticism. Um, we understand that this is a new idea for a lot of people that's come from nowhere. And ultimately, I'd hope to think we've shown as a fan base in the first two days what we can do. So we're, we're not even 36 hours in, or we're just over 36 hours in to this so far. And we've raised £36,000 nearly. What what will we have achieved in six months' time or a year's time? 
what you know, I don't want to be sat here with the club in distress, which it, I hope it isn't. Thinking, I wish we'd done this. You know, what if we'd done this? Well, we've done we've done it, and and thousands of Newcastle fans, mostly in the UK at the minute, but thousands from around the world will get involved when the payment issues fixed. Have thought, you know what? Let's give this a go, and that gives me a lot of hope that. We've come with a simple message to people. Let's try and raise some money for the future of Newcastle United and Newcastle United fans. And people have said, let you know, people have put their money where their mouth is and and given it a go. And all I'll say to anyone who's sceptical is, we understand it. This isn't going to appeal to 300,000 Newcastle fans around the world. That wouldn't be realistic. What we want to do is keep getting the message out there. Keep talking to guys like yourself, Andrew, and your industry colleagues, me and the rest of the trust board members and also our guardians we're here to talk to people we want to talk to you we will have a conversation on the phone with anyone someone gets in touch and say will you do a zoom call mark before he's kind of the networker of the trust board he'll speak to anyone about the 1892 pledge scheme and we understand and respect that every single newcastle united fan cares about this football club and wants the best for it that's what we want to to bring together that's what we want people to understand and respect is that this is about all of us. This isn't about one group of fans or one fans group or people in the city of Newcastle or whatever. This is about Newcastle United fans around the world coming together for the common good and trying to place ourselves at the centre of the football club because we deserve to be there. As a fan base, the football club will be better for fan involvement in that football club and I would challenge anyone who, who disagrees with that. Wolves have just scored, so we finish on a high because Fulham are losing. Brilliant news. Um, is there, I mean, the website, uh, if you can just re- repeat that for those watching, listening. Also, is there a way that people, if they have any questions that haven't been answered tonight, they can get in touch with you or the trust and they can get back to them? Yeah. The website is www.1892pledge.co.uk. Um, and if you want to get in touch, you can uh, email us. We're bored at nufctrust.co.uk. Um, we're on social media, but we're going to be doing lots more events like this, lots more podcasts, fan media, hopefully speaking to the Chronicle a hell of a lot more. And I have to say thank you to you, Andrew, and to, to the whole of the Chronicle team and to Mark for, for not only covering the 1892 pledge scheme, but the Chronicle coming out and saying they think it's a worthwhile cause and they advise their readers and their listeners to get behind it. That meant a lot to us and gave us the confidence to get it launched. So we're really, really um grateful to the response not just from yourselves but but from the wider Newcastle media and fan base for the first two days it's been absolutely incredible no I know personally I'm back and I think it's a wonderful wonderful idea and you know it's just good to see United fan base I do have to bring it down a notch because that Wolves goal has been ruled off side thank you to VAR for that but we'll we'll scrap that because this event has been brilliant I hope you guys listening and watching have got the answers that you need to any questions as Alex says they're very contactable if you've got anything else to ask them there'll be plenty of chance on other channels as well as uh, Alex and his colleagues get around explaining more about the 1892 pledge but Alex thank you for spending your Friday evening with Chronicle Live and everything is black and white podcast and to you guys watching and listening please remember to like and subscribe to whichever platform you're watching and listening through and head over to the 1892 pledge website